0: We have a Good evening, Atlanta. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's evening news. The phone number 404 872 750 one eight800 WSB talk. Uh, let me give you the latest on what we know about Hurricane Dorian. I know many of you were planning on heading to Florida or at least to Savannah, for the weekend, for the Labor Day weekend, uh, hopefully you're going to the mountains instead. I-, I couldn't find a place in the mountains. We waited too late. Um, the National Hurricane Service had issued an advisory at 11 a.m. that said the storm was about 220 miles north-northwest of San Juan, 370 miles east-southeast of the Bahamas. It is expected that it may be able to reach Category 4 strength before impacting the United States. It is right now appears to be a Category 3 storm. Uh, It is a very, very strong storm. Now, what is it uh, expected to have happen? Well, they expect it right now to move into the United States, although I I will say um, that several meteorologists are saying there is still a good chance that it could just uh, miss everything and sail up the East coast. But the models right now are suggesting that it's going to go into Florida on Tuesday morning and then up into Georgia, uh, Tuesday into Wednesday. It will definitely mess up, uh, Labor Day if you're going to the East side of Florida, but, uh, because of evacuations that are going to take place, you probably don't want to head that way largely because of the mess. Now, if you're going to the western Panhandle area and the Gulf Shores area, you may be okay, but the storm will be so massive, you'll probably be impacted by rain if you head that way. Now, again, this is very, very important. Uh, We do not know whether or not the storm is going to turn and go north or if it is going to continue a western trajectory and turn later. Um, we have no idea at this point, uh, and you're, you're playing the odds as things go along and we get more updates, you'll have a better sense of what's going to happen. You want to stick with Kurt Mellish who has, uh, seen these things plenty of times over the last 30 years and has a good sense of how they go on Tuesday, obviously, uh, that is when it would be expected to impact Georgia at the earliest, unless something happens and and we'll be giving you complete coverage here over Labor Day weekend as well. We'll have everybody able to do that. Well, now, one of the questions, one of the important questions, I think the most important question is whether we might nuke it. Here's the vice president. Well, the president's made it very clear that he's never made a suggestion like that, and I've never heard him make a suggestion like that. Uh, we, we've got a term for that sort of thing at the White House. It's called fake news. Fake news. And it news. just it just it seems like... Not a day goes by that, that somebody in the media doesn't find something uh, to print or publish or put on the Internet. But that's it's one of the things I most admire about this president. is no matter what the media is out there talking about on any given day, no matter what the the critics or the naysayers are talking about, this is a president who literally gets up every day and fights to keep the promises that he made to the American people. There you go. So, so fake news now, it was, of course, put into a white house memo that the president had asked this. Uh, so that there was a basis for the story, uh, that it had come up in a meeting. Uh, no one actually took it seriously at the time. The only people who really took it seriously were the media, but you and I both know it would be awesome to see a nuclear mushroom cloud come out of the eye of a hurricane. However, uh, where is the story? There is a story out from Roy Spencer, uh, Roy Spencer, the, the famous meteorologist, uh, climate change skeptic, who actually does a very good job of actually relying on the science, he wrote at uh, What's Up With That, a piece on what would actually happen if you launched a nuclear weapon into a hurricane. No, 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 don't, don't say nothing would happen. Don't say nothing would happen. Something would happen potentially. Let, let me let me break this down for you. Uh, first of all, Roy Spencer says it this isn't. Actually, out of the wild that something like this came up with, uh, it's been batted about for years, uh, going all the way back to the Eisenhower administration. A less radioactive idea called Project Storm Fury was actually carried out by the government for about 20 years, starting in the 1960s. Aircraft seeded hurricane clouds with silver iodine in an attempt to strengthen the outer portions of the storm in hopes of weakening the intense storm core. The project was a failure because it was learned that hurricanes already efficiently convert the available cloud water to precipitation anyway throughout the storm. The hurricane doesn't respond to seeding with silver iodine. Now, this is Roy Spencer writing. I found there's a general lack of appreciation for just how much energy nature uses in weather systems. Hurricanes are, of course, an example of an accumulation of a lot of energy that is organized into a single weather system with dramatic effects. The energy was accumulated over many sunny days and weeks at huge expanses of ocean. They soaked up tropical sunshine. They warmed. The hurricane circulation draws upon that pent-up energy in the warm water. The tropical oceans nearly everywhere have the energy required to fuel a hurricane. What is usually missing is an atmospheric disturbance with low wind shear throughout the depth of the troposphere. So the heat produced by rain clouds isn't just blown away rather than concentrated in a small geographic area. Okay, so here's this again, Roy Spencer, let let me read this to you. Uh, Let's use the example of the B-83 nuclear weapon. It is the most modern nuclear bomb in the U.S. arsenal. It yields 1.2 megatons of TNT. The explosive equivalent of this nuke is equal to 1.2 megatons of TNT. Now, listen to this. The average hurricane releases the equivalent energy of 1.2 megatons of TNT every 10 seconds. Every 10 seconds the hurricane releases as much energy as the most powerful nuclear bomb in the U S arsenal or the most modern rather. So the hurricane probably wouldn't care about a brute brief nuclear kick in the shins. Uh, the idea of spreading all that radioactivity wouldn't go over well with the public. You would uh, vaporize some rain, but you would then turn everything else radioactive. Now let's say you had hundreds or even thousands of megatons of this warhead. They were cheap and didn't produce dangerous radiation. Would that weaken the hurricane? The most fundamental problem with trying to weaken a hurricane is that hurricanes are driven by heat release. So the bombs would actually add more heat to the storm, which would actually make the hurricane stronger, more likely than not. Remember, water vapor condenses into clouds and rain. It releases latent heat that warms the troposphere, causes intense low pressure at the surface. That leads to strong surface winds. That's why, by the way, when a hurricane comes through, it's just gross afterwards. You know, when a hurricane comes through, it's always super, super muggy, super, super hot, miserable. Uh, No winds after the hurricane goes through. Well, that's why. It's the, the energy release in advance of the storm and with the storm and the heat that it leaves behind. Hurricanes are essentially heat sinks with water. So if you nuke a hurricane, you'll actually make the hurricane bigger and stronger. Now, that is a scientific guess you should know. Uh, disrupting the inner core of the eye wall with the nuke might actually cause the storm to wind down. But then, because you've added so much heat to it, it would spin right back up and could potentially be much stronger. Now, again, this is what computer models show. Who knows what Mother Nature would do, but the reality is we do know that you would make the rain radioactive. So let's not try that. And the president, of course, if you believe the memos and the people who talked about the president wanted to nuke the hurricane, uh, he brought it up. It is something that had been mentioned. It had even been written about in National Geographic at some point in the past. The president brought it up, asked about it. They said uh, they'd look into it, and they determined, no, actually, yes, this has been discussed. It has been researched, and no, it wouldn't work. And guess what? Nobody did anything with it. And yet, it became a story of its own. You know, by the way, um, I mentioned yesterday the breaking news item, and and told you the media would probably get it wrong. That was the story about the U.S. government changing the um, changing the way that we look at U.S. citizens abroad and changing how uh, U.S. citizens of um Children of American citizens who are soldiers abroad would be treated by the government. And supposedly, the way it was reported by the media, if you were a soldier and you had a child abroad, you were a U.S. citizen, your child would not be a U.S. citizen, according to the Trump administration. That is not true. I told you, I mean, by the end of the show, reporters were already having to retract the claim. The White House, though, did clarify this this morning. Let me see if I can explain this to you real quick before we go to break, Um, because it's still a big story and it's still being badly reported. The United States State Department during the Obama administration changed the reporting requirements for people living abroad who get married abroad, and either that person who they are living with has a child or they adopt a child abroad. So you get married to someone and that someone has a child and you want to make that child an American citizen, or you are abroad and you adopt a child and you want that child to become an American citizen— If you were an American government personnel or soldier living abroad, you filed a different form than what everyone else filed. If you were an American citizen working for an oil company, for example, in the Middle East like my dad did, you would file Form A. And the government officials would file Form B. Well, the State Department during the Obama administration changed some of the regulatory guidance. It was never updated by Homeland Security and by Customs until 2018 to match what the Obama State Department did. So the new guidance, all it does is the Department of Homeland Security now relies on what the Obama State Department did and and says, hey, everybody files the same form now. This literally affects no more than 25 people abroad annually. That's it, 25 people abroad annually. And the only thing that's happening now is that every single person living abroad will uh, use the same form for adoption. That's not a scandal. That actually makes things easier for people. And you wouldn't know that from the media, but they just like this, this nuking hurricanes thing, completely got everything twisted upside down and distorted. But that's the press. Labor Day is coming. Kids are starting back to school. You want to get in routines. You want to get in sleep routines. You want to get in exercise routines. You know what you also need to do? You need to get into clean teeth routines. Morning and evening brushing, the Quip makes it easy. Quip has sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. It's even got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, and it helps you clean your whole mouth evenly. And the multi-use cover works as a stand, mounts to a mirror, and slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. Brush heads are even automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. I love my quip. My wife has a quip. My daughter has a quip. We all use quip in our house. You can too. It starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now, you get your first refill pack for free. So you get your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Eric. Get Quip. You will love this toothbrush. I've been a long-time Quip user. You will want to be a long-time Quip user. Getquip.com slash Eric. Go now. The phone number here is four oh four eight seven 404-872-0750, WSB Talk. I need to play this audio for you. You'll recognize the voice. I'm not running for president and right. so and I do not know who the nominee will be. Right. That nominee will then have to decide who he or she wants to have as their colleague and their ally in this campaign. That is left to the decision of the candidate, and I can't say who that person is, and I can't say I'm the person they would choose. If the question is, would I like the job, I'm not going to be coy and say no, of course. I would love that opportunity. That, of course, is Stacey Abrams. And, yeah, she would love to be vice president. She's not running for the Senate. Uh, we'll get back into the Senate. Uh, there are a lot of names floating out there, but her, she has taken her name completely out of contention. What, what I find very interesting is, uh, that, you know, she had the opportunity to come out of the gate with Joe Biden and be tied to him. And she didn't want to do that. You know, who was willing to do that? Who is willing to, to actually stick her neck out there and, and stand with Joe Biden against Other candidates who arguably are more popular with the base, but maybe not as reasonable. Do you think do you think that Senator Warren and Senator Sanders forget how difficult it was, as you're saying? I can't speak for them. But what I do know is that there are millions of Americans who don't want to give up their private health insurance. Someone on my team has a father who's retired from GM 30 years, and he said that he doesn't want anybody touching his health insurance. He said that he gave up so many things in terms of salary and negotiations so that he could have his his private health insurance for the remainder of his life. And I think that speaks to the sentiment of so many people That was Keisha Lance Bottoms, the mayor of Atlanta. She's out there as a Biden surrogate now defending him on health care that her members of her family and her friends, they don't want, they don't want their health care taken away. And I find that very interesting uh, that you get Keisha Lance Bottoms out there willing to take this stand and A lot of Democrats out there, you know, I'm increasing, I I, I continue to be impressed with her and we don't agree on a lot of stuff, but there was this underlying current, it seems like that she got lucky because Mary Norwood was running against her, but man, I don't think she got lucky. I think she's extremely savvy and people are underestimating her. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB, the full number, 404 872 750 wsb talk If you haven't heard, um, the... FBI Inspector General, or Department of Justice Inspector General, said former FBI Director James Comey violated FBI policies in his handling of memos documenting private conversations with the president. Uh, The Inspector General says Comey broke bureau rules by giving one memo containing unclassified information to a friend with instructions to share the contents with a reporter. Comey also failed to return his memos to the FBI after he was dismissed in May of 2017, He retained copies of some of them in a safe at his home and shared them with his personal lawyers. Uh, According to the report, quote, "...by not safeguarding sensitive information obtained during the course of his FBI employment and by using it to create public pressure for official action, Comey set a dangerous example for the over 35,000 current FBI employees and the many thousands more FBI employees who similarly have access to or knowledge of non-public information." Uh, It's the second report uh, to criticize Comey's actions as FBI director, a separate one rebuked him for decisions made during the investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. It's one of multiple inspector general's investigations uh, into the last three years and the decisions made at the FBI. Uh, William Barr will not undertake any sort of prosecution of James Comey for this. There's still the outstanding matter with the grand jury of what might happen to Andrew McCabe. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, James Comey is going to get a CNN con- contributorship now. We don't know about Andrew McCabe yet. McCabe may very well be in big trouble for what he did. Um, there are some allegations, deeply troubling allegations about how he handled uh, the Clinton matter, that are still out there. We will see what actually happens with him. Uh, but Comey, Inspector General, says he he done wrong, but he's not going to actually get prosecuted or anything like that. So we'll see. Um, there are a lot of people outraged on the right by this, obviously, thinking that this shows a double standard. Uh, I'm actually amazed at what all FBI agents can get away with without facing prosecution. The more I learn about this sort of stuff that happens, uh, typically they're they're fired, but they're not prosecuted for what happens, uh, which is which is interesting. There's an interesting commentary there. Speaking of surveillance and the FBI and all of that, I, I want to spend a moment here talking about these various uh, electronic devices we now have in our homes. I mentioned earlier the Ring device. If you're not familiar with Ring, it's getting very popular. Uh, I just so you know. I have a, a we, we've got multiple now cameras at our house. I do not have the Ring, and I'll I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, but one of the most popular ones is the Ring. Nest also makes one. They're cameras, surveillance cameras, if you will. The Ring camera is a doorbell camera that uh, takes wide shot photos and alerts you when there's movement coming towards your home. And you can talk almost on an intercom system with this. Yeah, you It can replace a doorbell. I've got several homes around me who have them. And Amazon is entering into a partnership with local police where they're going to share with local police the video that comes off your home. Now, it will not be live feed video, but the police would be able to go to Amazon and say, give us the video footage that happened at at." this particular time and Amazon would share the information with them. Now, Amazon says that it's the police can't have access to the live footage and that they will send you an email and allow you to object to giving the police the information before sending it to them. Many people will be okay with that. Uh, My bigger problem is how hackable these things are and who's listening. You know, I I like Apple products and I have several home pods in my house in addition to laptops, desktop computers, Apple Watches, iPhones, iPads. And on the HomePod, which is Apple's music device, which competes to some degree with the Echo and the Google Home, although the the Apple one really is geared more towards music, and it is a really good speaker. I've got several of them in our house. And the reason I went with Apple is because Apple um, doesn't send everything to the cloud. See, with, with Google and with Amazon... When you say uh, "dingus" and I'm going to use "dingus" um, it, with with Google, it's it's "Hey dingus," and with Amazon, you just say the name of the dingus, uh, and it activates. And when it activates, it immediately connects to the internet and starts transmitting whatever you're saying somewhere else. With the Apple devices, what they do is they have a chip on their devices, a physical chip, and it processes the information on the chip before sending it to the internet. But there are oftentimes, particularly with the HomePod, I have noticed around the house, Siri can be accidentally activated. Uh, It can recognize you're, you're saying one thing, and it recognizes it as, hey, dingus. And one of the things that apparently triggers Siri is when you and your significant other are breathing heavy and moaning expletives and it triggers Siri I wish I was making this up it's not it's it's an awkward thing to talk about but apparently that triggers Siri and so Apple's been collecting these things and having independent contractors listen in to try to figure out um, what's going on and why is it falsely being triggered so they can fix it. Now, there's been some bad reporting on this, but there's a larger point here. Okay, so um, here's the thing. Uh, The way the reporting is, is that uh, Siri's been spying on you and sending this stuff. And and Apple has clarified today they're stopping this, so you don't have to freak out about it. And then what happened in the past is not that Siri was transmitting your Apple ID to Apple saying, hey, here's Eric Erickson, and here's the things that are causing him to uh, activate Siri uh, badly or wrongly. What actually happens is every device has has a randomly generated ID And they can tell from the way the IDs look, whether this is a HomePod, an Apple Watch, an Apple phone, an iPad, a desktop or laptop computer that's causing the problems. And they can see, uh, are they having problems in the HomePod line or the watch line or the iPhone line? Is it a microphone issue or what? Well, they're going to start stripping those IDs every six months and reassigning them so that there's absolutely no way to connect you with your device and what you're saying. They're also going to make you opt into it more clearly than they have in the past. Now, all of this is to say Apple, I think, is handling this this transparently and the privacy good, but some of these others are not. Now, I mentioned I use a camera with our, our house. I use the Logitech Circle 2. And the reason I use the Logitech Circle 2 is if you've heard of HomeKit, Apple has this thing where you can control lights and power and stuff in your house. For example, in my home office or in my kitchen, I can say, uh, dingus, turn on the lights in the kitchen or turn on the office or uh, turn the brightness down 10% or increase it to full. We've got them on our front porch. And... You've got the stuff for Google and, and Amazon too. The problem is that Apple built a strong hardwire firewall into all these devices. It takes a special chip. So it's it's virtually impossible to hack into the Apple HomeKit devices where it has been shown to be incredibly easy to hack into the devices without the Apple chip. So the Google and the, and the Amazon devices more easily hacked into. The reason I went with the Logitech Circle 2 is because there have been more and more instances of hackers hacking into your home cameras and spying on you or your home. And this Logitech Circle Two with Home is the Apple HomeKit version, and has that chip, so it can't be hacked into. So nobody's spying on my house because this thing has a microphone in it. I don't want them hearing my conversations or and watching. And the other issue is they're not going to hand my stuff over to the police. I, we have it is really amazing that for comfort and convenience, uh, instead of the Chinese or the Scottish or whoever, and, and I say the Scottish intentionally because they've built surveillance states. Every, every square inch of Scotland is covered in security cameras, it seems now, at least in urban areas. In China, every square inch of the whole country is covered in cameras. They can see what you do at all hours of the day and night. And those were, um, in China at least, an authoritarian regime. In Scotland and, and now increasingly in England, um, there are democratic governments that have authoritarian tendencies – And here in the United States, it was Fortune 500 companies that let us willingly build a surveillance state against ourselves. We've made our own surveillance state. Our cameras watch us, the microphones on them listen to us, and they randomly transmit stuff to Fortune 500 companies. Now, I would rather go to a Fortune 500 company that might find a cool product to sell me than to the government that wants to spy on me. But still, it's quite interesting how this has happened. Uh, as Winston Churchill used to say, slowly at first and then all at once. My buddy Brandon texted me. He said, remember <laughs> when people were outraged the Teddy Ruxpin was spying on you? Yeah, the, the animatronic bear. Uh, by the way, Governor Kemp, he has signed a state of emergency in South Georgia counties, Brantley, Bryan, Camden, Charlton, Chatham, FNM, Glen, Liberty, Long, McIntosh, Pierce, and Wayne counties. Those are the Southeast Georgia areas and the coast uh, all the way up to Savannah. So uh, the impact of the storm continues to develop. You are going to want to stay with WSB. As uh, this thing moves towards the coast and moves towards Georgia, it is continuing to take shape, and we're not really sure at this point whether it's going to cruise on up the eastern seaboard or whether it actually is going to go into Florida. Most of the models are showing it's going to go into Florida. Uh, But new hurricane season, new models, they're testing some stuff out, so we will actually see. When we come back... We need to talk about Greta Thunberg. I I haven't spent a lot of time on her here. I haven't wanted to delve into her here, but we need to uh, because she has arrived. And who is she? I'll tell you. And the left, if you criticize her, you get in trouble. I'll explain also remember, if you're in the Coweta County area between Noonan and Peachtree City, uh, Philip Singleton is who you want to vote for the special election there for the state house. Yes, there's a special election. Go early vote tomorrow, or go to the polls on Tuesday and vote for Philip Singleton in that race to replace David Stover and the state house representatives. But when we come back, Greta Thunberg. Let's chat about her, shall we? Eric Erickson here, News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, Atlanta's Evening News. If you want to be a part of the program, you can call 404-872-0750, wsb talk I need to read an email that I got last night after the show concluded from someone who will go nameless. He says he frantically tried to reach me before I went off air yesterday regarding the sterigenics issue in which he says he has no vested interest. Uh, He says I completely misrepresented the meaning and the intent of the statement and incorrectly pursed. I think he means parsed. Uh, But you did the exact same thing you so highly and deeply discuss every single day about the media. You made a gut interpretation on a subject you obviously do not completely understand without knowing the facts and then broadcasted that to your listeners without any vetting. You had facts, although you did not adequately or accurately interpret those facts. You then followed that by suggesting additional actions that should be performed to help Sterigenics. If you don't understand the statement, you should not say, no, 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 that's the point. I, I understood the statement and I thought they could have done better. The intent of the press release was to state that Sterigenics has zero regulatory obligation to report a six-pound release. That's true. Sterogenics doesn't have to report this. Is, Sterigenics, if you, if I, I've lost you, had an accidental release of ethylene oxide in its plant. They sealed off the area. They found the leak. They closed it up, and they didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell anybody at all. Uh, they didn't tell anybody until the AJC uh, got an email that was leaked to the AJC that had been sent out to the employees saying there had been a leak. So then they released this mealy mouse statement uh, that includes just some weird language into how they they said that um, steps were taken after the after the announcement. It was just it was a weird. Weird statement, but and that's what I get to. Here's what he, this guy says, though. The the intent of the press release was to state that Sterogenics had zero regulatory obligation to report the six-pound release. They do not have any legal obligation to inform anyone, not even the governor. Why should they? In addition, Sterogenics further stated that measures were being put into place so this doesn't occur in the future. Yeah, after, after the—they the, put that in the press release. This is a— this is typical of process safety, nuclear safety. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a near miss. They responded to it. Yes, yes. But here's the problem. And, you know, let me go back to the, um, where is it? Is, let me go back to the statement. Um, It is, it, it's just, oh my goodness. The The actual wording is, although the release was below the level required to be reported to the environmental protection division, Sterigenics took immediate corrective actions to ensure similar incidents do not occur. And that was my point of parsing the statement. Yes, I understand they, they it fell below the level required at Sterigenics for them to notify anyone. But the way they worded the release was so bad. The Although the release was, was below the level we took steps, it shouldn't have mattered whether it was below levels or not. They should have taken the steps. That's what you're supposed to do. But there's more. There is more. Okay, so here's—and I don't want to spend a bunch of time on Sterogenics, and I'm, I'm getting lots of emails and whatnot, but this email, it kind of hacked me off because that guy's parsing me, saying I'm parsing them, and I am parsing them, not parsing them, and, and I know what I'm doing here, and I know what they're doing. They're trying to be mealy-mouthed because they got lawyers involved and not. and he says, let me just read you this, and this is actually what I'm getting blown up for. Uh, they are no under no legal obligation to inform anyone, not even— the governor why should they they should because it shows they're interested in transparency they should because the spotlight is on them they should because we live in an age of leakers. We live in an age where you got a bunch of people who want to run to the press and say, look at what this bad guy has done. This evil corporation that I work for, look at them. They should do as much transparently as possible to make sure that everyone sees and recognize that they're going above board. They should, for example, have come out and said when the governor of the state of Georgia was considering shutting them down that, hey, just so you know, two weeks ago, there was a small leak. This is how our systems work because we have technology in place, it rapidly detected it. It was less than the reportable amounts, but the the equipment still rapidly detected it. We rapidly closed off the area. We rapidly found it and we rapidly sealed it off. And we immediately began putting into place new procedures because that had not occurred in the past. We don't want it to occur in the future. So we came up with procedures to make sure something like that can never happen again. Full transparency, full transparency, That's all they had to do. Had they done that, they wouldn't have been beaten up by the AJC. They wouldn't have had an employee leak the email. They wouldn't have had it made it sound like they were keeping information from the governor. They wouldn't have released a mealy mouth statement that made it look like they were trying to hide something. They wouldn't have done any of those things. It would have helped them a long way towards dealing with the issue. They have thus far seemingly handled it badly to have this leak happen in the midst of a spotlight being all over them, knowing that there's got to be employees of theirs as well who aren't happy thinking they're going to get cancer from working at the place. Someone clearly was going to leak. I mean, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, and that's what you are here in this case at this moment. Do you expect to have all of your electronic correspondence between you and your employer kept confidential at all times, really? Or do you think in in 2019, the rise of social media, protest culture, cancel culture, and millennials at work who feel victimized by everything, that something like this isn't going to leak out? The odds are... I would submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, that you send out an email that says, hey, employees, there's been a leak at the facility of this chemical that causes cancer. Somebody's going to leak it. So you might as well get ahead of the leak by saying, hey, look, there was a leak at our facility as an example of of why you shouldn't worry about this. There was an accidental leak of our facility of a used drum. This has never happened before, but it was an insignificant amount, well below the reportable threshold. But the sensors in our facility automatically detected it anyway, even though there was so little of it that leaked out. We immediately sealed off the area. We evacuated the people. We found the leak. We shut it off. And now we've already got in place procedures. So something like this that had never happened before can never happen again. It was a one-off thing. Don't worry about it. Instead, no, they they hid, and somebody had to leak it, and the EPD was then told, and then the EPD went in, and what could have been a minor story that made sterogenics look like they were being proactive at a time that everybody's nervous about them, now it makes it look like they're hiding stuff, whether they are or they're not. They handled it badly. Labor Day is coming. Kids are starting back to school. You want to get in routines. You want to get in sleep routines. You want to get in exercise routines. You know what you also need to do? You need to get into clean teeth routines, Morning and evening brushing, the Quip makes it easy. Quip has sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean that's gentle on your sensitive gums. It's even got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, and it helps you clean your whole mouth evenly. And the multi-use cover works as a stand mounts to a mirror and slides over your bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. Brush heads are even automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. A friendly reminder when it's time a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. I love my quip. My wife has a quip. My daughter has a quip. We all use quip in our house. You can too. It starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now, you get your first refill pack for free. So you get your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash Eric. Get Quip. You will love this toothbrush. I've been a long-time Quip user. You will want to be a long-time Quip user. GetQuip.com slash Eric. Go now. It is Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's evening news on WSB. The full number is 404 872 750 wsb talk As Kurt Mellish mentioned, uh, it's kind of still up in the air as to uh, what... Hurricane Dorian is going to do. Is it going to head into Georgia? Is it going to just go straight across the Gulf Coast? Is it going to go up the eastern seaboard? Um, not exactly sure yet, but it looks like, it, it absolutely looks like it is going to come into Georgia on Tuesday, possibly now in stick-arounding through through Wednesday. The governor has gone on and issued uh, emergency declarations for Brantley, Bryan, Camden, Charlton, Chatham, Evanham, Glenn, Liberty, Long, McIntosh, Pearson, Wayne counties. Those are in Southeast Georgia and uh, up, the fl- up the Georgia coast. Uh, the, we're not exactly sure where the hurricane is going to make landfall. It appears it is now a Category 4 hurricane, no one thinks it's going to be a Category 5 hurricane. Kenny uh, Walls from WSB TV uh, says it looks like it's probably going to make landfall now on Tuesday in Florida sometime around 8 a.m. Uh, we presume then uh, it will head into north Georgia or in- into north to Georgia over Tuesday and into Wednesday. We don't know how slow it's going to go. We don't know how far it's going to turn. And there are a lot of variables between now and then. What I do know is as of right now, given the size of the storm, even if it turns and heads up the Eastern seaboard, if you were headed to East Florida, to the beach on the Atlantic, Jacksonville, uh, Amelia Island, uh, Fernandina Beach, Clark Howard's house. You probably don't want to go there now for Labor Day. You probably want to avoid Florida. Sorry if you were headed to Disney World. Sorry. Um, you may be able to go to Disney World, but but I kind of doubt it. Um, I wouldn't do it. Now, when we come back, let us shift gears again. Uh, We need to talk about this Democratic primary that's shaping up and the state of play. There's actually some pretty consistent polling trends now. It's too early to say, oh, so-and-so is going to win the election. But there are some trends we should pay attention to that are starting to shape up in the polling that look like they'll stick around long term. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's evening news on WSB. I want to talk about Greta Thunberg, but before I do, I got to mention this story. Uh, There's a 13-year-old in Minnesota, um, uh, Jaquan Faulkner, and Jaquan Faulkner decided to start a little business. A stand in front of his house in Minnesota. He was going to sell $2 hot dogs and $1 soft drinks, sodas, as they call it at CNBC. But there's a problem. One of his neighbors, they don't know which neighbor, a neighbor emailed and complained to the Minneapolis Health Department and health inspectors, well, they had to carry out the law. They had to shut Jaquan down. So they showed up at his house. And here's what happened. They told him that somebody complained and that he was run afoul of health regulations because he's selling cooked food. So what did they do? They decided to work with the kid. The health inspectors taught him about food handling at no charge. They taught him how to get his hot dog stand up to code they worked with him to pass the inspection for code after teaching him how to keep it in code, and then they paid the $87 fee for a short-term food permit for him and gave it to him July 16th, and it took off. Um, he now serves a lunch crowd between 11 and 3, and he he's working. It's a He's a 13-year-old doing this. He's selling between 100... 150 hot dogs a day. He's using his own money to buy his own school clothes and he wants to keep it going after school if he can figure out a way how. That you know, you hear these stories and they're always just aggravating because it's bureaucrats who they get a complaint or something and they wind up shutting down a kid's lemonade stand or something like that. This was this was well played by the Minneapolis Health Department. Uh, shame on whoever complained but well played by them. And the kid learned a valuable life lesson. Good, good for him. That's a good story. Now, Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg is an autistic 16-year-old. Uh, She describes herself as autistic on the spectrum, Asperger's. In fact, the left says it is a superpower for her because it allows her to be brash and rude and not care about people's feelings when she gives them the plain awful truth that we're all going to die. You see, Greta Thunberg has bought into the cult of climate change that the whole world is coming to an end unless something happens. And she's going all over Europe declaring that we need acts of civil disobedience and random protest. And then coming to the United States, and in the United States, uh, coming to a climate change summit where she's demanding the same thing. And you're not allowed to question her because she's a 16-year-old. It really is amazing how the cult of climate change has set this thing up. What the leftist would, and again, you, you got to remember, this is, this is a religion. It has all of the trappings of religion, and, and Greta Thunberg has become a, a priestess of the secular religion, and you're not allowed to question a priestess of the religion. She comes saying we must make radical changes and upend our free market way of life. We must embrace a command-control socialist economy. We, some of us need to die, probably. You should stop having kids. You should stop eating beef. You should stop eating meat in general. You should give up all these things. She came here on a yacht owned by a prince because she said that it would actually be uh, bad for the environment if she came in a plane. In fact, um, a lot of scientists, including scientists who fully embrace uh, anthropogenic uh, global warming, say, no, actually, it would have been better if she had flown on a plane than been on this yacht on the ocean, even though it was supposedly carbon free. Carbon emissions went into building it, by the way. But you're not allowed to question her. If you say, I mean, she's 16 years old. She has no significant life experience. She is singularly unaccomplished, except in causing people to protest. Why should anyone listen to her? She's not a scientist. She's she's a 16-year-old. She's a 16-year-old. Sixteen-year-olds do not need to be listened to. Sixteen-year-olds need to listen. Sixteen-year-olds do not need to lecture us. Sixteen-year-olds need to be lectured to. They need to sit quietly, and I don't care who you are, what your politics are. Same with conservatives. I have maintained this about the the idiots out there who try to drag these sixteen-year-old know-it-all little conservatives into the movement only to watch them get burned out, leave politics, or become progressives. A 16-year-old does not need to be the lecturer. The 16-year-old does not need to be the talker. It doesn't matter whether it's politics, climate change, or what. And yet the left is heralding this girl as some sort of high priestess. You're not allowed to question her without being attacked. If you say anything critical, you're a bully. Why? Because their arguments keep losing. So now they found someone they are convinced can't be assailed because of her youth and inexperience. If she says something wrong, well, she's just a 16-year-old. Otherwise, shut up, bigot, and listen. There's no reason to listen to a 16-year-old who really doesn't know anything, who really has no major life experience of any kind in any way, shape, or form, and is privileged enough to be able to sail on the yacht of a prince to lecture us about our lifestyles. And yet that's what they want to do. These people find new ways to parody themselves and cause themselves to be ridiculed. They just can't help themselves. They can't. It's like Lawrence O'Donnell and his meltdown over President Trump and his supposed uh, Russian oligarch signing loans having now completely retracted because he got it all wrong. They can't help themselves with this stuff. But you better shut up and bake the cake, bigot. You know what a moral panic is when the the media or, or some political group whips people into crisis over something, that there is a terrible crisis and something must be done? Uh, it, it appears that the Amazon burning narrative is just a moral panic, not moral crisis, moral panic uh, by the media. Uh, I, I really, I've been reading these news reports and stuff about the, the horrific fires in the Amazon and thought there must be something to them. And the spectator of the UK, I, I put this up at the resurgent, by the way, you can go to the resurgent.com and see it, or just text the word show to three, three, seven, seven, seven. And you can subscribe to my daily email that I send out with this stuff. But, 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 but here, let me read this for you. Because I bet, like you, you, you've you've heard all these stories about the Amazon is on fire. Here's this is these are the actual facts. The forest is not on fire. The vast majority of this year's fires are on farmland or already cleared areas. The claim that the Amazon forest produces 20% of the oxygen in the air is nonsensical or wrong. The Amazon consumes as much oxygen through respiration as it produces through photosynthesis, so there's no net contribution, and even on a gross basis, it contributes less than 6% of oxygen production, which mostly happens in the ocean." The number of fires in Brazil this year is more than last year, 2018, but the same as 2016 and less than in the years 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 10, and 12. For most of those years, Brazil's president was a socialist, which the media didn't bother to tell you. And by the way, deforestation in the Amazon basin is down 70% since 2004. Those are the actual facts here. No reason to panic.